Gabriel, Saving Renee, Part 8. As soon as I got around the corner, I stopped, I parked the van, and I cracked my driver's side door ever so slightly. I cracked it open, and I tore apart that little baggie of cocaine, and I dumped it on the street. Oh, man. I have too much responsibility to get caught with something like this. Come on. Like you would tear a bag of sugar, and I just dumped it. I knew what he was up to. He found out she was gone while I was still there. When, obviously, his brother went downstairs. Remember, folks... What do I always say I'm good at? Playing dumb. Playing the fool. Any suspicion he may have had went right out the window. When I opened that passenger door and showed him and welcomed him in like I was so proud for him to look around, I said, man, you know I have ODC. Come on, I want you to see everything. Hey, wait, I want you to see the back of my van. You're going to freak out the way I get so much stuff in this van, Tim. I mean, a sock cutter, I mean, you know, a tamper, everything, even a water wheel, all that he almost forgot. All that's back behind that wall right there. I said, yeah. He said, show me. And so I did. Always play dumb. Always play dumb. Cry more, poor mouth and always play dumb. One last thing. Never trust anyone. I could have sold that baggy that I had or give it to somebody or something but knowing him he would have called the cops on me and says there's somebody I know has an eight ball of cocaine and on on them anonymously back then you could still get away with that they couldn't ping you let him let them come now I thought And let them take my blood now and urine now. I haven't touched that stuff since 1932. And I've even stopped drinking to a degree. It's no longer fun. It's no longer socially accepted, folks. Unless you live in this town where everyone goes to a bar right after work. At 9 o'clock, they all leave the bar after happy hour, and they go home, uh, kick the wife, and pet the dog, you know, that kind of thing. Well, I'm not that guy. 
I've been around. I've seen too much. I'm a dad now. I'm a father now. And I was a husband. Once you're a husband, you're always a husband. You know, even if you aren't married, you're no longer bachelor status. You're a husband. You think like one. I don't have time for all that crap in the bars anymore. That's when I was young and dumb. After a hard day's work, I take a shower, get something to eat, and maybe, maybe watch a little TV. I'm tired. When I started this business, that was different, though. I could go all day digging, 10 hours a day, no kidding. With the music playing and the rhythm, I could have stayed digging all day and night, but I had to get home. Anyways, I could go all day and all night, but not anymore. I'm old. I'm probably about 40 now. And remember, think about it. Football players, they retired by now at my age, 30 and 32 and 35, and they're pushing it. You know, I must keep working, though. And now that Tracy has done what she did to me, I must work like it's 1982, twice as hard. It's okay, though. I got to rescue, and I got her out of there, and that's all I care. I hoped. I hope my plan went well. I won't know until I get to countryside. Remember? No phones, cell phones. I drove around to make sure nobody was following me like Tim. I told him where I live. Oh, poo. That means I have to get her out of there now for this to work. I pulled into the parking lot finally in countryside. And there was Renee. I thought to myself, a sigh of relief came over me. She spotted my van coming in the parking lot, and she started running towards it. I I had to slam on the brakes. I stopped the van, and I got out. She gave me the biggest, tightest hug so tight, I was like, oh, okay, Renee, okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, Gabriel. I don't know what I would have done if it wasn't for you. Now you're safe, Renee. You're safe now. That's all I care. Come on, though. Let me park this van and we're going to take you to your mother's house in Oakbrook in Bob's van. Why? Why can't I come up there and be with you? Uh, stupid me. I didn't even think the way she said that. I didn't understand it because I have this big problem now because I've learned um, how can I say this? Well, uh, because I'm a dad and a 
father and a, a ex-husband. I've become a gentleman also. And uh, that was not my intention whatsoever. And I didn't even see that coming, to be quite honest with you. I did. What? You know, and I had my blinders on, I keep saying, but uh, that's how weird I am now. You know, I put blinders on, I only see one thing in front of me, you know? And so, no, I said to her, Renee, you need to go now. We aren't out of the woods yet. He knows where I live. You could see the fear start showering over her face. Okay, okay, let's go, she said. Let's get out of here, she said. She jumped back into the van of Bob's. And I parked my van and jumped into the passenger side of Bob's. And I said, Bob... Once around the park and then home, James, he started laughing. So how are we getting to this Overbrook? We're going to go down Mannheim and we're going to make a left on 31st, she said. Bob said, okay, where's Mannheim? <laughs> we could actually, honest to goodness, from where we were at, we could throw a rock at Mannheim. That's how close we were, no kidding, and hit a car on the other side going the other way. And she pointed right there, Bob. Oh, Bob said, oh, I thought that was LaGrange Road. Her and I both started laughing. You know, we were nervous and that we had gotten away, so we anything that was humorous, we over-emitted our emotions, and so we laughed like there was something really funny. It is, Bob, it's called three or four names, I told him, depending on where you're at on this road or what town you're in. Well, that's good to know, Bob said. So where do I turn? She said, you go north until I tell you, Bob. He said, great. <laughs> Which way is north? I laughed. I said, maybe, just maybe I should drive the van, your van, Bob. And he said, you think? <laughs> okay, he said. So we did the famous Chinese fire drill. Half, you know, and now I was in the pass, uh, driver's seat, and I was driving. I drove north to 31st, passing through like three, four towns, and then made a left and drove about four miles and made a right on Fairview and then made him... I took another right at the light, and I'm not going to say any more of where I was and what street. I've given too much 
inflammation out as it is. She says, we're on the corner on the right up there. I said, okay, honey. Uh, I shouldn't have said honey. But when I'm endearing and I'm trying to help someone, I, I bring them into my circle, you know. We're almost home, I said. Like I would do my children, you know. Uh, you're fine. And he wouldn't dare come here. Not dare. Oh, no, she said. He's afraid of my father. Well, that's one good thing. He's not as stupid as I thought, I said. I said, don't worry about a thing. You're home now. We pulled into her driveway, her mother's driveway. We took her clothes and all her belongings that were packed in garbage bags. You've all been young. We've had that happen before. We pack up our stuff in garbage bags, you know, and up to the front door and rang the bell. Well, her mother wasn't expecting her. Remember, I told her, whatever you do, don't call anybody. It's between you and I only. I didn't tell her, Bob. <laughs> but anyways, as soon as she saw her, her mother started bawling uncontrollably. I mean, and then she saw her two black eyes. Oh, my God, I thought I was going to have to call an ambulance. She was shaking. And, Mom, these nice men, she said, saved me from that drug dealer. All she could do was cry and hug her daughter. I mean, it was amazing sight to see. And we just were quiet. And believe it or not, Bob was quiet. You know, usually he wants to tell you about himself. No, he was quiet. And after about two minutes of that, her mother grabbed her face and checking to see if she was okay, remember, like I said, she still had the two black eyes, but they were starting to already turn, you know, colors like light or yellow and black and stuff. You know how it goes. Anyways, what happened? I'll kill him. I'll have him killed, her mother said. Mom, please. I'm here. I want nothing to do with him at all. Please, just leave it alone. Don't tell Dad I'm here until the swelling and the color goes. Please, Mom, please. Whatever you want, sweetheart. Uh, whatever you want. Mom, I'm home now. And I'm not leaving again, Mom. I'm here to be here with you. How do you... I said to her mother, then I, I said, how do you do, ma'am? My name is Gabriel, and this is my father, Bob. We saw that she was in a bad way, and I took her hand, 
and shook it like you do a lady's hand. And then I stepped aside, and Bob also shook her hand and smiled at her. Uh, what a pig, I thought. You know what's on his mind. Oh, boy. Now, see, I've been married, and Bob and I had like a 15-year hiatus, and I hadn't seen him in 15 years until I called him and told him I'd left Tracy. I forgot to tell you folks that. And so, the only thing I saw was Tracy. I didn't see anybody else. She was my best friend, I thought. Well, if that's what best friends do to each other, I don't want anything to do with it, I thought. I said, thank you so much, but... Wait, we really appreciate, she asked this in. That's what I'm trying to say, folks. And I said, thank you very much, but, and I really appreciate the offer, but we have so much to do. I'm trying to get out of there, you know what I mean? And they need to see each other more. And we have meant to see off tomorrow for work. And I must be there. I kind of took the day off with my father here so we could get her out of there, my father and I. But when you two are settled in, I said, we'd love to take you to dinner. Oh, no. Oh, no. By no means are you taking us to dinner. And the way she said it, I said, uh, okay, thank you anyway. No, you don't understand. I insist you come over when we set a date. And you two come over, and I'll make you a dinner. I'll make you a good Italian dinner. Bob s- spoke up, <laughs> you know, like Bob does. Well, this was his cue. He gave her a little side glance with a smile. He had blue eyes, remember, piercing blue eyes, and a smile, and he says, we can handle that, and smiled at her like, you know, he's undressing her. Oh, boy, what a pig. Anyway, I used to be like that. Anyways, I said, Renee, if you could please... Get a piece of paper and a pen and bring it to me, and I'll give you my phone number and my beeper number. I'll also give you Bob's beeper number also, and we'll set something up, okay? But we really need to go, and you two really need to connect. But with that, she went into the house so fast It was like Flash, what's-his-face, the Flash, and got a piece of paper and pen. And the funny thing is, she knew right where to go. You know what I mean? That's kind of cool. She knew it would be there, and she brought it back to me. I wrote down my number, my beeper number, and Bob's beeper number. 
Hey, Ma, please be quiet. I'm trying to do a podcast down here.